everyone. My name is Deontre Sinet, and I am your host for a Distinct Lens podcast. I have a special guest with us here today who I'll allow to introduce herself in just a moment. But I did want to say this is a special occasion. This is actually my first time recording live in my home for the podcast. So I would like for everyone to give a big welcome to Shalane. How do you pronounce your last name? Stout. Stout. Okay. Uh, c- could you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Shalane Stout. Okay. And where are you from? <laughs> I'm from the UK. Okay. Where, where exactly? Bedfordshire. Bedfordshire. Well, I'm from the Midlands, but I live in Bedfordshire. Okay, so question. When you say the Midlands and Bedfordshire, is the Midlands like a region and Bedfordshire like a county? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what would be the town or the city that you live in? I live in Bedford. So Bedford is the city? It's a town. Okay, Bedford is the town. Yeah. And in the UK, the difference between a town and the city is the fact is if it has a cathedral or not, right? Yeah, it's like a city's more built up. Like London, for example, that's the city. Okay. And then you've got like, um, like Kent, that's a town. I can't hear you. Like Kent would be a town. It's uh, just a lot smaller. Uh, okay. And obviously then you have villages. Which are even smaller than towns. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you live in Bedford, which is a town, yeah. in the county of Bedfordshire. That's correct, yeah. Okay, in the region of the Midlands. No, 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 no. it's completely two different areas. Oh. I'm originally from the Midlands, but I moved from the Midlands, like, I was from Staffordshire, and I've moved to Bedfordshire. Okay. So and I'm, I'm more down south. is in the Midlands? Yes. Okay, okay. And what city or town was that that you're from? Tamworth. Tamworth. Okay. Okay, interesting. So, um, tell me a little bit about um, your life when you were growing up, like who you grew up with and, and what it was like to grow up in the UK here. Um, from a uh, family, um, I have two siblings, a sister and a brother. Um, I was born in uh, London, in Paddington, mm-hmm. um, but we moved to Tamworth when I was five, but before that we moved to Birmingham. Um, so my dad had like two jobs, my mum was working, but it's very expensive to mm-hmm. own a house in London. You have to be very wealthy or rich because mm-hmm. the house price is just extortionate. So um, my parents were married and my mum's like, you know, I want us to buy a house now, we've got kids, we've got family. Um, so they had to move out of the area. So we originally went to um, Birmingham I vaguely remember. Um, Mom didn't like where we was living, the area, mm-hmm. the people, the mentality. Um, so then we moved to Tamworth when I was five. Okay. Um, nice little town, nice area, good neighbours. Um, it was predominantly a white area, so obviously you get a bit of racism. Um, but it was better. My mom thought it was better to bring up her children in Tamworth. Okay. Now, you said you had siblings. You said a brother and a sister. What did you, what did you fall in the hierarchy? I'm the baby. You're the baby of the group. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, so you grew up with your parents. Mm-hmm. Now, it, when you were growing up, because this podcast is about um, 
financial literacy, uh, increasing awareness in the communities that uh, people like you and I come from so that we can share with other people and also so we can add a bit of international flair, which is the reason why I wanted to interview people from a different country mm -hmm. so that um, my constituents back in the U.S., they would have that exposure and that experience with somebody else from a different country. So when you were growing up, um, how were your parents with money? Um, from a young age, my parents always said, um, you must save. And like they'd buy us like little um, money boxes. Like mm. get you get your pocket money when you're younger. And my mum always said she'd give me and my brother and my sister like a fiver, like five pounds, oh. um, to go to the shop. And she said, my brother and sister were spending one of the sweets and magazines. She says, I'll go to the shop, spend a 50p mix. And I'll bring back the, the 450 and she'll put it in my little um, money box. She says I was the only one all the time. I was happy with just um, little pick and mix sweets. I'm like, mommy, I got some money. And, and I put it in my um, money box. She said she was like that from a kid. And then it wasn't until I got older, my parents just like, you must save for a rainy day because you don't know what can happen. Mm. And um, and then my also growing up, my dad was like, you must treat yourself. You can't be stingy to yourself. And like, you know, like some things stay in your head. Mm. Um, uh, like I like nice things. I could do have expensive taste. And like from what my dad said, like if I see something I like which is a bit expensive, I would save mm -hmm. um, over a certain amount of time. So at least then if I see something I like when I'm out, like oh, I can I can I can treat myself to it because I have savings. Do you right. know what I mean? So I can dip into it. So I was always told to always save, and that's a really good lesson I've always learnt. Okay. Would, yeah. Excellent, excellent. So you were saving and treating yourself since you were a kid, yeah. but that was something that was instilled in you yeah. from a young age through your parents. Yeah. So I want to ask, in the education system here in England, do you think it prepared you to be financially literate? No. No, I think that's something that um, has to be taught to you, like, for your parents. Um, they don't teach you to save. Obviously, they're giving you loads of loans or credit cards. Because mm -hmm. um, I remember I used to get so much credit cards um, proposals from my door, I would literally just throw them away. My mum was like, you shouldn't just like tarnish the idea. It doesn't mean if you get a credit card to spend it all off. Right. You could just have it, do the application and just have it there. Like Anything could happen. It's an, it's an emergency. It's just backup money. As long as you always pay more than the minimum payment mm. she says you'll be fine so I did this for like months and it wasn't until I spoke to my mum so I was just like mm, okay but then like they don't teach you about credit either in schools mm. um like now I have really good credit so sometimes well no it does help to get credit cards because that's how you have to build up um your credit score mm. like um how you pay how you make your payments on time and how much all that goes to your credit score. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And um, because of that, I think that one time I had like about six credit cards. Um, obviously, I wasn't using them all, but I kept getting applications. I was just like, it's they're giving me the chance to have so much credit. I literally like brought a car, like a really nice sports car, mm. on finance if I wanted. Well, not finance. I mean, with my cards. Um, but that's how much credit I had. Mm. Um, I didn't know all that till I got older. Like. They don't, they don't teach you that stuff in school at all. 
So, in um, in terms of financial education in school, you said you didn't learn any of that. Yeah. Um, in the UK, you guys have what they call primary and secondary school? Yes. Okay, so primary is from what age to what age? You have reception. I used to start reception. Because I moved to Tamworth when I was five. So I went to primary school. So I didn't start in reception. So I think reception's probably from pre, because you go to nursery. Yeah, we call that pre-K, pre-kindergarten. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, I think it's it's three years old. Because you're at nursery until you're two, I think. Yeah, and then, so reception's probably like three upwards, and then you've got five, because you've got different years for the different ages. Uh-huh. So, so yeah. then, primary is from five years old to how old? Ten. Or eleven, because you start secondary school when you're 11 years old. Okay, and uh, secondary is a, until you're, what, 16? 11 to, oh yeah, 16, or you can stay on for sixth form. So, what is sixth form? Um... You're testing me now. It's just when you want to stay on and do extra qualifications for another two years. Ah, uh, but through all of all of that education, mm-hmm. no Not type of financial education. No. Okay. I didn't teach you anything. Okay. And then obviously, from school you go to college, and college you go to uni, and then all of a sudden you have to get. I didn't go to uni, but then like my friends, you have to get um, student loan. Mm. which is extortionate and people can't pay them back yeah uh, do you know what I mean so yeah they don't teach you that at all so you learned by living yeah you learned through trial and error it sounds yeah. like yeah okay so in your learning in your life and based on what you told me the financial well the education system here didn't prepare you to handle money and your parents instilled saving and understanding how and when to treat yourself. When do you, well, how comfortable do you feel now on a scale of, let's say, one to ten of making financial decisions? Um, so repeat the question again? Well, how comfortable are you now making financial decisions on a scale of one to ten? Oh, um, I don't know where. I don't know what, I think it's seven or eight. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So, what is it that you do for a living? I'm an accountant. Um, You're a what? An accountant. Okay, I just asked you to repeat that because I want to make sure everybody hears you. Yeah, your voice is really soft. Okay, I apologize. Yeah, I'm working finance, so I'm an accountant. Okay. Um, I also DJ on the side as well. And um, I've literally just started up my own um, website, online store. Ah, so you're a DJing accountant who also is an entrepreneur. You have an online store. Yes. Well, okay. I only started that because um, I had a really good job as an accountant. Um, but due to the, the pandemic, um, I was working from home for about six or seven weeks. And then I got furloughed. And then I got made redundant. Was um, this, what time... Time frame this year. This is this year, yeah. Like around March, April. No, um, June because I was given three months notice. Okay. But then literally before payday, like literally the company went insolvent. Ooh. Because yeah, the company I worked for was a manufacturing company, so we used to make clothes for Moss, John Lewis, M&S, Top Man, ASOS, 
the uh, Ryland, etc. Um, Pardon? <laughs> well, we pronounce it ASOS in the United States. Oh, okay. But yeah. um, and some of the clothes stores were, there was only two that were still selling online during the lockdown. Uh, so they were the only two suppliers that were paying us, really. Uh, um, that was uh, John Lewis and TK Maxx. They were the only ones that were doing online. Everyone else had just stopped. Um, so then when the shops did open from mm -hmm. the lockdown, the first lockdown, the company it just didn't survive, which is a shame. Mm. Um, so, because I'd lost that job, like I don't rely on one income, mm. like from paycheck to paycheck, and I, I did used to do that. And then when you, you said get, you used I to, I used do to, that? yeah, oh. I used to just have the one job, and you're literally living from paycheck to paycheck. And then when you get it, it's like gone within a few days. You know mm. what I mean? So then I used to do on the side, which was my. Um, that's like my side hustle so that that money how long, how long ago did you start your side hustle djing oh about two years ago now okay yeah 20 yeah about two years ago yeah i believe so was it two and a half years ago maybe um and shout out the radio station that you dj at just so oh, i used to dj in a club but now um, obviously the clubs aren't open um so i dj on pure connection radio now live Okay. On Fridays, so yeah. Okay, Pure Connection Radio on Fridays. What time? Um, ten to eleven. Ten to eleven. Yeah. So everybody, you can check out <laughs> Shalane on PureConnectionRadio.com. Okay, and do you have a different DJ name? I do. What, what's your DJ name? Um, DJ Goddess. DJ Goddess. So check out DJ Goddess <laughs> Pure Connection Radio Fridays, ten to eleven. Yeah. So because obviously everybody was shut during the lockdown. Uh huh. Obviously, I couldn't DJ, so that money had gone, that income had gone. And then I'd lost my job, so I was just like, oh my gosh, I've got like no income, what? I can't pay my bills. Do you know what I mean? And they're wow. like, obviously, I had savings because with this new job, I was looking to buy a house next year. So I've just been living off my savings, which is like nearly gone. Mm -hmm. But like, if I didn't save, like from what I was told from my parents, because I am good with money, mm -hmm. I would have been. Well, I would have had to ask. You know, I would have been like screwed, basically. I've been relying and living off my savings because I've been out of work for a while now. Um, so I think it's really important to save. Like they say you should save like 20% of your salary. Right. Um, did you save more or did you save that amount or less? Uh, I, I don't know what percentage. Um, but I was saving quite a lot. Um, in terms of dollar, well, pound amount, would you mind sharing? Or if you're on, if you're comfortable sharing that information. Pound? Well, it, um, in my last role, in my last role, I was saving like £500 a month. Uh, um, that's really good. Yeah, and then obviously I've still got my bills and I'm still living and stuff like that. So that's how much I was saving. Um, and had you been doing that the whole time you had been working? Yeah, it, it went up and down, but yeah, the last one I was saving, like, I've always said I would want to save £500 a month if I can. Okay. It's like, because I wanted to save a house, you make sacrifices, you know? So it's like, no, I need to save £500 to get to my goal sooner, mm. you know? Um, so I've just been living off that, so it's just like, when you think about it, like, I would have been, what would I have done if I didn't have my savings, you know? Yeah. Um, so... I took a risk and I did a course. I saw, kept seeing something. It was on Instagram. Mm. Um, Self-made, uh, I think he's a millionaire. 
And I did all the research, because sometimes, you know, there's so much stuff going on, you don't know if it's a scam. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just like, I'm just going to do it. Sometimes you have to go where you go. I was just like, I'm going to do it. And the course was a lot of money. It was American dollars that I paid. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of money. E-commerce course in marketing and advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, you know what? Sometimes you have to spend money to make money, and I'll I'll make it back. Mm so I spoke to some of my friends about it. It's just like, if I was in your situation, I wouldn't be spending thousands of dollars on, on a course. Um, so it cost a couple of thousand? Yeah, okay. dollars. And I was just like, I can't really afford to do that, if I'm honest. Because um, like my savings are going down and down and down. But then I've still got loads of outgoings. Right. Do you know what I mean? You and still then, have to pay your bills. Yeah, and then yeah. debt's going up. And it's just like, oh. Um, I was like, do you know what? I'll be fine. I think a lot, we, we worry a lot and we stress. And that's brings on other stuff mm-hmm. so I just did it and it's the best thing I ever did and mm. because of that now when you say when you just done it you paid for the course I you paid for the it. course and I started it okay and um, I, think this isn't, I think when you doubt yourself it shatters your dreams by doing that and a lot of as mm. in general I think a lot of people we do doubt and doubt is the worst thing that you can do when you doubt yourself um, I was just like I can do this because I've always wanted to have like my own business, but I didn't know what. Mm-hmm. And they don't teach you that in schools, like how to uh, have your own. But I was like, I didn't know where to start. Like, if I didn't do this course, well, how do I start my business? How do I go about it? Mm-hmm. Like, because they, they literally don't teach you that at school. They, obviously, we all know why, um, to keep everyone in the system. But it's just like, this course has, has taught me so much. I've learned so much from it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was expensive and I took a risk, but sometimes you have to take a risk, Right. you know, and it was the best thing I've done. And like now, like I was really upset that I lost my job because I had a really good job when I was, like I said, I was going to buy a house next year and stuff. Um, but there's good in every bad situation. Because yeah, I lost my yeah. job. I was on a good, good salary. I was going to buy a house. But then like now, I've got my own business I'm an entrepreneur now and I'm just like starting out it's been a few months and um, yeah so far so good okay so tell us what's the name of your online <laughs> well, clothing brand I wanted it to be part of me uh-huh. and everyone knows me they call me goddess everyone knows that's like my DJ name okay. so people just call me goddess and that's what I'm known by so I thought like in the course it's like you need a, a nice catchy name I was just thinking hmm so do you know what? I said what's wrong with goddess in it because that's it's a part of me. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, goddess goodies, goddess essentials. But then because you have to search for your domain and stuff, I don't know, someone already had essentials. Mm-hmm. Um, or goddess delight or something. There was a few. And I thought, GG, goddess goodie bag. I was like, yeah, I like it. It's catchy. I can't say that again. That. Goddess goodie bag. Okay, so that's the name of the site. It is, yeah, Goddess Goodie Bag. And um, I saw, it's like apparel, print on demand. Uh-huh. So I saw like um, children's, women's and men's um, clothing and accessories. Okay. Like um, t-shirts, hoodies, just some joggers, do little kids' backpacks, um, tumblers. <laughs> so, the tumbler that you're holding up, that's actually one of your products. Yeah. It's massive. This is a tumbler. These are quite popular now because everyone's getting away from plastic bottles. Right. Like when they go to the gym, you can have the hot drinks in it for work or a cold drink. Right. Um, so yeah, this is one of my products. Okay. So I'm really happy with my. Sorry, I've still got a lot to do. But it's a work in progress, but I'm happy so far. Okay. 
And I am a happy customer, I should say also. I actually have on a goddess goodie bag t-shirt right now that fits very well. Uh, I like it. And I think you have on one of your t-shirts as well, huh? 100% organic. I do organic cotton as well. Okay. Yes. Okay. How can Excellent. the environment? <laughs> Excellent. So, could you give us your pure, your full URL so people can look you up? Okay. Um, you can type it in Google and I'll be right on top. It's www.goddessgoodiebag.com www.goddessgoodiebag.com Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. I think you're the first entrepreneur I've had on the show. Okay. That's super interesting to hear how you turned a potentially terrible situation into something positive and you've used it to work in your advantage. So you went from being an accountant to uh, a company in a company that became insolvent and not having the income from being a DJ because of the pandemic mm. to now being a budding entrepreneur who has her own clothing brand. <laughs> That's super cool. And uh, something about me, like I love to support black business owners. And that's why when I heard your story and we had our first initial conversation, I thought you would be an excellent guest to have on the show. Also because, as I said before, like I've purchased some of your goods and this is good quality products. And so, uh, yeah, I just want to say I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to everyone. I know you have a super busy schedule. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. So something else I wanted to ask, um, just to talk a bit more about current events um did you hear about well i'm pretty sure you heard about the black lives matter movement yes well what actually triggered um that that movement was the public assassination of george floyd mm -hmm. um i wanted to know like what are your thoughts on racism police brutality that movement in particular um well, for america it doesn't surprise me um, now you say that. Why do you say that? Because it's known. Racism is born and bred in America. And I've obviously been in the UK. Um, they're always. The police are always um, shooting down a black man. It's just like um, dual standards. Because there's different scenarios that's happened with uh, like a white American. Yeah. They don't get shot. Um, or they don't even get tasered. It's mm. just different treatment. Um, but a black man won't be doing anything and they'll just shoot him. I think, I think it's just an excuse. I think we all know the system is corrupt. Um, but it's not surprising. And I don't even think he's gone to trial yet. It's just special treatment because, of, because he's white. Um, so yeah, that's one thing I don't like about America is, is obviously the racism. Mm. Um, but it's expected, but the whole world seen it. So it was so nice to see, like when the uh, the protests, it was so nice to see the whole world coming together. That's like never ever happened in history. Yeah. It was just so nice to see. Like when you watch it, I don't watch the news, but um, it was on, like even on like Instagram, like the shade room and stuff. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God, there was like thousands of people. And obviously this is during a pandemic. <laughs> when there's, obviously it was just a virus, but there was thousands and thousands. It was just nice to see all nationalities just come together and support. There were even protests in the UK. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, there like was. I had a couple colleagues here who actually participated in some protests in London and Leicester. I'm not sure where else they had them. Yeah, there, there's quite a few places, but I think the whole world's seen it. 
the scene, it was, it was horrible watching it. It was like eight minutes or nine minutes. Um, but the whole world seen it. So I think that's why there was so much support from all the different races, like, like enough is enough now, you know? Okay. Um, so, yeah. So I know you mentioned when you were growing up, you grew up in a predominantly Caucasian area. Mm -hmm. And you said there was a bit of racism. Yeah. But you also said in America, it's it's a place where you feel like it was it's born and bred there. Yeah. Like there's a different level of racism. Yeah. So in your experience, have have you experienced? Well, I know you said a bit of racism. Yeah. What what has that been like for you growing up as a black woman in the UK? Um. You, you know what? Let me go back a little bit. So you're a black woman in the UK. Mm -hmm. Where where are your parents from? My um. Dad's English, but his background is Barbados. Okay. And then my mom's Jamaican. Okay. Did she move from Jamaica here? Um, or was she born here and her parents uh, moved from Jamaica here? Mum died at birth because um, back in those days um, she was losing too much blood. You're talking about your mom's? Yeah, my mom's mom. My mom's mom died at birth. Um, so my mom's mom's mom took the grandchild mm -hmm. to the UK rather than her staying with the dad. Obviously she had lost a daughter. And the uh, baby was the only memory that she uh, had of a daughter. So, yeah, so the grandmom of your mother took her to the UK from Jamaica? Yeah, yeah okay. because she had lost, just lost her mom. Okay. And raised her. Here in the UK? In the UK, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you said your dad is, he's English, but yeah. his background is Barbadian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, half Barbadian and half Jamaican. That's my heritage, yeah. Okay. All right, and I was just asking that to put some context around the question. Mm -hmm. So now you you've been born and raised here mm -hmm. in the UK. What was it like for you, um, in in terms of that racism that you experienced? When I was young, like living in like um, a white area, because oh, I was a child, so they were like. They're like Indians, they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, um, they would say like, Pakis, and I didn't really know what it was, but when, do you know when you're a kid, you say things. And Paki, that term is very, a very derogative term. Yeah. That, uh, that racists use mm -hmm. towards people of color, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, but they wouldn't be calling me, they would, they would be like, um, like Indians, Oh, Asians, that's how they would use it. But um, it was a young age that I experienced racism. And I just wish that um, my parents had like sat me down and had a talk. Mm. Just so I know what to expect. Because I didn't expect it as a child. It's just, it's really not nice. Like um, being, you were called that name? I was called um, a blackie. Or like a nigger. Or you, um, like black or go back to your own country and I'm just like because you're, you're a child you don't really understand but it's not nice wow. so I'd, I remember going home to my mum like I'd be playing outside and I'd, like, and I'd come in crying and she'd be like what's the matter and just called me um, a packy bastard and my mum was fuming um, so she would go out and she would cuss all in her Jamaican I didn't say what she said but she would cuss them and um, or even the the, the, the all the, the parents 
Because um, you're taught racism. Kids don't know. Right. Look, when you're your children, you play mm. together. Whether what doesn't matter what skin colour we are, we're all human. We all bleed the same. You know, we're just a different colour. So racism is taught, and it's always through parents, the older generation. I think. Um, so every time I experienced racism, I would cry, mm. and I would tell my my mum, and my mum wasn't having it at all, and she'd go out and cuss, cuss them. And then some, to some extent, where they would say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Do you remember how old you were at that time? Um, well, the first time I experienced it? Yeah. I don't know, I just remember coming in crying. I was playing outside, I can't... So you were a small child? Yeah, I was young. I, was, I don't know, six, seven or something like that. Wow. Um... And then I think, I remember at one time I was at primary school, this girl called me a brownie or something, and I stabbed him with the pencil. I didn't know how to react. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I still got tired of by the teacher. I was like, no, you don't do that. But it's just like, he's calling me a brownie. So it wasn't until, and I was only young, but then I was taught to, um, don't take no racism off no white person. I was taught to stick up for myself and defend myself. Good. And like, has, when I went to um, secondary school, the only fights I had, really, was through racism. Wow. Yeah, that was one that I started. <laughs> Not that I'm a troublemaker. But all the rest was... Um... So you brought that up and you smiled. <laughs> uh, I think we want to hear this story. You mind sharing? But the one that I started? Yeah. Well, yeah, like I was saying, the ones I've had were racism. Oh, I'm gonna sit this over here because your nails keep clicking. Dude was it. like, I knew he went to say you nigger. He didn't. The words even leave his mouth. Finished. I was like, bam, bam, bam. My friend was like, it's you, Shaz. And she was egging me on and everything. What did they call you? Shaz was my my you name at school. They called me Shaz. So he was like, yeah, good bet you couldn't be a nigger. And I was like, what? Oh. I was like, boom, boom. I just it doesn't sound like you started that, but it sounds like you finished it. Oh I, oh, I always used to finish it. No, that was one for racism. But the one that started, um, I had a friend. Um, she had like a boyfriend. And then um, she got friends with another girl. And they started hanging around with her and a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And the girl was really in love with the guy and everything. And she stole him off her. And I was there for my friend, crying, heartbroken. Mm. She was, do you know what I mean? All that hurt and pain, I was there. And then, and then she took a man, basically. But the girl was known for robbing people's boyfriends. She so was, you have to tell me, give me some context. So the, your friend was black? No, 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 white. Okay, so your friend was white. Yeah. And the guy was? Her boyfriend was white. Her boyfriend was white. Yeah, yeah, and the girl that robbed him. Uh -huh. But she was pretending to be all a friend and used to go out with him, but then really she wanted her man, so she nicked him. So he dumped her. Hold on, so you said nicked. That means stole. Stole, stole. Okay. yeah. She stole her fella, and they were together for years, and it was all in love and everything. And she stole him, slept with him behind her back, and then she stole him, and then they were dating or whatever. So I was walking down a corridor... It was winter, I had my gloves on and my scarf. So we was walking down that way. Hold on, so who, were there any black people involved outside of yourself? No, no, okay. just me. So it was you, your friend. I had a friend behind me, not the same girl that she stole her boyfriend, this was another friend. No, I'm talking about in the situation. Okay. So it was you, yeah. 
your friend who's white, yeah. the white girl, yeah. the white guy who's her boyfriend. Oh, no, he didn't go to our school. He was an older guy. But he was a white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was another girl. Yeah. Who's white as well. Yes. Okay. So the girl that stole her man, uh -huh. she was walking down the corridor, me and my friend. What was, what was her up. name? If you don't mind. I mean, you can give her Gemma. a fake name. Gemma. Yeah. Okay. Gemma. So Gemma stole the guy. Yeah. Okay. And, and she's... what was your friend's name? Oh, my friend's name was Esme. Es okay. Esme. So Esme got her man stolen by Gemma. Yeah. Okay. She was known for a slag anyway. Just picked that. A slag. A so slag, what's yes. a slag? Robbing people's men. Okay. So basically what we would call a slut. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But she was like pretty. So she got the guys with her prettiness. But yeah. But she okay. was a slag. So my friend I was with, like Esme, she wasn't in that day. Mm -hmm. I was with my other friend, Colette. And I was walking through the corridor. It was cold. It was winter. I had my gloves on. And then um, the slag girl was walking down. I was walking up and I just, cause I'm not a troublemaker, but if someone starts on me, then I'm gonna fight. Mm -hmm. But then I bumped into her. On then, purpose? Of course, yeah. yeah. I was just like, bitch. Um, and then she um, turned around, saw it was me and she pushed me. And I was like, what? So I went, I was punching her, I was hitting her. I was going mad. It's in the, the, um, the hallway. Mm -hmm. um, corridor sorry um so we was fighting and I had my gloves on and everything um and then the teachers came out to break me off her she's pulling my hair um it was mad so I got broken up so I got excluded suspended um for like a week but yeah, I was happy because she had a black eye so every time she looks in the mirror yeah this, this Shaz did this to me it's like yeah bitch and I just got like a scratch on my face Okay, but there was there was there wasn't any racism involved in that. No, right? not in that one. That's the only one that started that wasn't to do with racism. Okay. But every other fight, it was because of racism. So I felt good. I felt like I'm adrenaline. I was like, my friend was just behind me. She didn't have to. She was just watching because I can handle myself. Right. Um. So yeah, she was pulling my hair. Like she, I was like down. Like, I was just doing uppercuts and everything to get off me. It's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So I know we went off on a bit of a tangent, but I think that was a hilarious story. And I thank you for sharing. So I, I want to ask, um, in your professional life, like while you've been an accountant, have you experienced any of that racism? You mean you're in a workplace? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have because I've worked in like most workplaces of a diversity. There's a lot of diversity there, so there's different cultures. Um, I think sometimes I would be looked upon, maybe like how I look, or like, oh, how do, can you afford that? And someone did say that before. Um, I was working for a property company. Mm -hmm. um, now, when you say a property company, you mean like real estate? Um, yeah, um, um, like commercial buildings. Okay. Like oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it was like international. I remember this. There was this um white girl. She was come across quite um. Um, what's the word? All um, itty tighty. You probably don't know what that means. Um, I don't. Like stuck up. Yeah, a little bit of snobby. Um, because me and my me and my girlfriend we come back from Amsterdam. And I wanted to do a little bit on bag, and I was saving for ages. But I didn't have all the money, but I had a credit card. Mm. 
So I thought, you know what, I'll use the, I'll just use my credit card. The money I've saved, I'll put it towards it and then I'll just pay it off monthly. To buy a little bit Yeah, I wanted to do a bag and a purse. So we come back from Amsterdam and I got it just before work. My friend who went into the shop in Birmingham and um, I went to work the next day and the same girl was a bit stuck up. She was just like, the way she looked at me, she was just like, oh, like a bag. Where'd you get that from? I was like, the shop. She's like, oh, how much was it? I was like, it was a lot of money. Um, she goes, oh, is it real? She was just like questioning me. She's just like. She said, is it real? Yeah, I was like, I got it from the shop because I used to work in Birmingham City Centre and Louis Vuitton shop is in Birmingham City Centre. Um, it's just like the way she looked at me, she was like, oh, I've been wanting one of them for ages. Well, I just, um, they're, I know they're expensive. And she was like, oh, how much was it? Sort of thing. So it's just like she would look down at me thinking, how can I afford Louis and bag? And then because my friend was with me, mm-hmm. she's like, she got it from the shop. I was with her. Do you know what I mean? Not that I needed her to back me up, but she was there. But it's just like, the way that she looked at me, it's just like, oh, what, black girls can't afford nice things as well. Like, yeah, you could just tell in her tone and how she was acting and looking at me. Mm. Obviously she was jealous because she said she's one of the one, but she knows they're expensive. But then she still wants to ask me how much it is. And she just didn't believe me. She says, you got it from what, which shop? I was like, the one in town, just questioning me and stuff. So, not really like racism. It's just people they'll, they'll just judge me based on how I look or what I've got because I dress a certain way and I like to have nice things. So it's just like, oh, how, how can you afford that sort of thing? But I work just like you, don't I? Right. Do you know well, what like I mean? Like you said, you're good with your money, so yeah, that's why you yeah, afford it. Yeah, yeah. I think you can have. Anything what you want, as long as you save. Like, you don't have to be jealous of anybody. If, if someone else has got something you want, you can get it too. Do you know what I mean? But some people aren't good with money. They get working there. Like, some people will spend, get their, get paid, and then they'll spend it all. Mm. And then they'll be broke the rest of the month. You know? So it's just, like I said, it's very... Even if you save £50 a month. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's something... Because say you are broke, you're saving £50 a month for, what, six months? Say you're broke... Um, you're like, oh, I've got no money. Oh, but I've got some savings. You know, fifty pound times six six months. You know what I mean? You've got a couple of hundred there. So it's just like, oh, so you can. That's what savings are for. When you are broke or you're a bit skin, use the savings. You know, or or if you want to treat yourself to somewhere. Oh, I haven't got much money. Oh, yeah, I can because I've saved it, and then you can treat yourself. Like I said, my dad said he taught me. He says that you can't just work to pay your bills. He says you must enjoy your money. He says if if you want something just buy it since you work hard for your money treat yourself and that's always stuck with me so i do so i always get what i want no matter what the price is obviously i do like nice things like obviously the louis vuitton that's really expensive mm. but at the end of the day i'm worth it you know so saving is really good okay okay um so i asked this question to all my guests about uh what was the most impactful book or podcast uh, that you've ever listened to or read or, or heard before and you mentioned uh, a guy named Kevin Trudeau yeah your wish is your wish is your command yeah could you tell me a bit about that is that's uh is that a podcast is that a radio it's show? like an audio like I don't really read but audio it's it's playing and I only like, like an audio book yeah or, okay yeah like 
I only know about him because of my course. Like the first yeah. week of my course was all about mindset because I want certain people on the course. And your mindset has to be right. Mm -hmm. And this was the e-commerce course that you took yes. prior to launching your business. Yes. Um, so the first week was you have to listen to 14 episodes of Kevin Chirudo. Mm -hmm. And they're all like an hour long. Um, and I listen to them all the time. I've probably listened to them the whole 14, probably about 10 or 15 times. Mm -hmm. And I still find it intriguing. Um, he's a self-made billionaire and he just gives you some really good advice like who should you listen to because mm. a lot of people think they know everything but you should listen to people that have got what you want mm. you know and it's just like it teaches you a lot um, how to think and like he was talking a lot of stuff about um, laws of attraction like I was already doing it and I didn't even know that's what it was mm. so could, could you do you an example uh, yeah well, explain what the law of attraction is. Just in simple terms, um, there's nothing like, I don't want a technical like, definition. Um, why did it, someone has said to me, do you know what law of attraction is? I said no, but when I listened to Kevin Drew, I was like, oh, it makes sense now. Like, you can want something. Uh -huh. I remember a time I wanted um, a Mercedes, an SLK. And um, it helps if you want something you think about it a lot, don't you? It's always on your mind. Mm. And then, like, um, you should go and see stuff, like, even if it's like a watch, so you could want a watch, go to the shop, try the watch on, feel it, touch it, smell it, just, or if it's like a car, test drive it. Mm. And then it's like, when you want that certain thing, you start seeing them around, pop up more. And I remember, I was listening to the, the audio, I remember when I um, wanted the actual Mercedes, I kept seeing them from nowhere, just like, oh, that's my car. I just kept seeing them around. Mm -hmm. And it's because I was visioning it and picturing myself with a Mercedes. Um, and then I went to Mercedes. I had the car for the weekend. It's like, it's, he knows what he's talking about. And I didn't know certain things in Law of Attraction. Um, how I had to manifest things, but I was doing it anyway, and then I got what I want. So you got the Mercedes? Yeah, I, got it. I did, I got it. Hey! Yeah, it's just it's just really weird. So I was like, oh my gosh, that... I was manifesting it, and I, and I got it, and I didn't even know that's the law of attraction you have. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, but that's just like one example, and it's just like how people think. Um, it's just, it's so... It's just a lot of knowledge. I just find it so interesting. I agree with it, and it just gets me excited every time I listen to it. Okay. So I listen to it repeatedly, like in the morning or throughout the day, and that's all down to the course because I would never have known that. Do you know what I mean? Now, have you applied that to your entrepreneurial endeavors, like that mindset, that mind? You know, I know it was introduced in the course, mm -hmm. but do you picture how you would like your business to look in two years, three years, five years, like later on down the line? Do you picture yourself making a bunch of sales and having a huge profit margin? Yeah, that's going to happen anyway. I think um, it is definitely how you think. It's, mm -hmm. it's all about the mind, and a lot of people just disregard a lot of things. But you have to be willing to learn and willingness to change and they're two very important things mm. in life um, and you just have to believe believe achieve and you'll receive it but you have to be consistent and you have to stay focused because you can so get off track like another part of the course was I had to do a 30 day challenge mm. 
which is, I was thinking, I don't know if I can do this. No social media, no Snapchat, no Instagram. You could only go online for business, like research. Mm-hmm. Um, no alcohol, no processed food, um, no TV, no news, mm-hmm. no gossiping, um, not talking to family and friends, like you have to stay focused on this course. No talking to family and friends? Minimal, like between, if you, they said if you wasn't working, you have to do like eight hours. Like put your phone in a different room or put it on silent, less distractions. So no socializing yeah, while you're yeah. on the work hours. Yeah. But outside of that, you could still yeah, converse yeah. with your family. And family. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it was really, I was just like, can I do this? But you know what? You can do anything when you put your mind to it. And that's why you should mm. never doubt yourself. Because when you're doubting, you're disbelieving. Right. And another thing that, that Kevin Trudeau taught me is we tend to judge things on our... Um, based on our circumstance, like mm-hmm. what we see on our radar. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, okay, like I was applying for jobs and I wasn't getting them. Obviously, loads of people have been around redundant. So like, instead of 20 applicants to one role, there was 300 applicants, so I got depressed. I was just like applying for jobs. Oh, I, was, I, was, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna get a job. I was saying all this because I was applying for so many jobs, like 25 jobs a day. I just wasn't getting any. Mm. Even though if I had the experience or, or not. So it's just like, yeah, based on my current radar, like, yeah, at the moment, it's hard to get a job. I can't get a job at the moment. But 99.9% things happen off the radar. Like miracles, they do actually happen. Like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. So you should never doubt your situation based on what it is, because that could change tomorrow. Anything can happen. You could just like get a call from out the blue and get a job or an agency call you. And it's so true, you know? So I think it's taught me so much to not doubt myself or situations. Yeah, this is my situation now, but you don't know what you don't know. That can change, you know? It's just to be positive. I'm a positive person anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we had our first and when we had our initial conversation and that was the energy that I got from you. Like, you were very upbeat, very positive. Even when you were telling me about, you know, some unfortunate circumstances that had that you were in at the time. Like, you were still upbeat about it. And I was like, that's really good to have that type of mind frame and have things work out in your favor on top of that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I totally agree with all that you're saying. I think that's amazing. Yes, it's just, um, but it's very true, though. Like when you doubt yourself, you're already telling your mind, you're already telling yourself, no, you can't do it, or it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, you should, don't, I think you should focus on what you want, not what you don't want. Oh, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke. The energy you're giving out is, I've got no money, I've got no, do you know, do you know what I mean? And that's what you're going to manifest. Exactly. So you need to be like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm broke for now. But I am going to get a job. Things are going to get better. My business is going to kick off. It's going to boom. I'm going to be rich. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I mean. It's mindset. And this audios help with your mindset, how to think. And, like, it, it tells you to do stuff when you are down, down yourself or how you feel. Because mm. we are going to feel down sometimes. But it's how we get out of it and how we recover. Mm. You know? Because certain situations happen. And we're going to feel a certain way, but it's like, don't dwell on it for a week. And I did, I was depressed before, like, I did the course for a week. And I was just like, I need to snap out of it, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the most important thing that he teaches you 
number one, number one, number one, he said is to make sure you feel good all the time and, and try hmm. to feel better. And that's very important and that's before anything. How do you do that? Um, it's just like, there's certain things he says. He says you should always feel um, grateful and appreciative. So wake up first thing in the morning and just be like, what are you, what do you, what are you appreciative of? And I'd be like, it could be anything that I have family and friends that love me. I'm appreciative of that I get to look at this uh, nice view in my window every morning. Mm. It could be absolutely, it's just to, because that's good, Eddie. it makes you feel good, it makes you smile, and when you feel good, good things will come your way, you know? Um, it's just like you must eat healthy. I'm very food conscious, so I'm always looking at ingredients. Mm -hmm. um, so as you to, to lose, um, to avoid certain foods like glucose, um, fruct, fruct, um, glucose syrup, mm. which is really bad, um, because your brain gives out, um, sends energy out, and certain foods stop your brain's ability to send those um, that energy out. Mm. Um, yeah, so it teaches you all this. I was just like, it's just so interesting because I love it when I'm learning stuff. Right. So there's certain foods that I avoid because it blocks your brain's ability. No one really knows how powerful your brain is. And it's a lot of hidden secrets that the rich um, don't want you to know. And he teaches you all that because he was part of a, um, a big group, organisation. Because there's, there's quite a few that he says. Obviously you've got, um, I can't even remember the name. The um, I can't remember, but big organisations like where's there's like memberships and they teach you certain stuff just for the rich people to right. know basically. So yeah, he's passing on all that knowledge. Um, so it's just really good. And I just wake up. He's like, do you wake up and you like you're happy or you do a little dance or you're singing? And he tells you to do stuff like when you're feeling down, what to do? Put some music on be around people that make you smile, mm. good energy, try not to get angry, because that's bad energy, don't let people get you, make you pissed off, not to react to certain things, because it's bad vibes and bad energy, mm. and I'm just not about that, um, so yeah, so I always try and make myself feel good, and I'm smiling, appreciative, and I've just got good people around me, and just to stay focused, because it can be so hard sometimes, for distractions like the media, Social media, that's such a big distraction. Because I would be like, spend six, seven hours on Instagram. Scrolling, scrolling, just, and that's what you're doing, looking at other people's lives and their luxuries. And it's just like, so when I had that break. When you were taking the course from social media. Yeah, yeah, because it was only 30 days, but I think I did like 60, I didn't watch no TV. Like, I just watched, I missed watching my movies, like Netflix and stuff. Um, but it's just like, you waste so much time watching other people's lives which we do. do do you know what I mean so it's just like I don't really go on there as much as I do as I did and I'm always like appreciative and I do it every morning and it teaches you about um, oh gosh what's the word um, um, incompetence I've got it all written down, I can't remember it. He teaches you certain things. Okay. It's just really good, it's really interesting. You should look him up. Okay, I, I definitely will. I mean, you've got me excited. I'm just sitting here listening to you talk about him. And 
I, I remember when I when I read your your responses to the question, I was like, oh, that's interesting. That was definitely something I wanted to follow up with. Um, so we're nearing the end of our interview, and like I said, I know you're busy. I wanted to ask though, um, could you tell everyone where they can find you on your your online site? Uh, if you're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Uh, and could you give everybody that information so they can come and find you and, and spend money with you? <laughs> okay, well, I've got um, a Facebook fan page I'm trying to build up. So you can just go to Facebook and search Goddess Goodieberg. Like okay. my fan page. <laughs> okay, so go to Goddess Goodieberg on Facebook. Like your fan yes, page. Yes, okay. please. Um, I've got some. I've got a shop on there as well. So you can see my items and it takes you straight to my website anyway. Okay. But if you shop now, press shop now, it will take you straight to my website. Also, I'm on Instagram, that's Goddess Goodie Bag. You can follow, like and comment and share. Okay. Um, that's Goddess Goodie Bag. I'm, and uh, the Goodie Bag is spelled G-O-O-D-Y-B-A-G. Because people get confused. Ah, so yeah. could you spell the whole thing out then? Yeah, it's Goddess, G-O-D-D-E-S-S, Goodie Bag, G-O-O-D-Y-B-A-G. Okay, okay. Yeah. And are you on Twitter as well? No, just um, Instagram and Facebook for now. Okay. And then I'm looking to go on um, Pinterest, ah, starting okay. an account. And then I'm going to, there's so much different channels, uh -huh. sales channels. So it's just doing some research and putting myself out there. Okay. Basically. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Watch this page, you're going to see me everywhere. <laughs> All on your timeline with my adverts, um, more designs and products coming. So yeah, check out my website and support me. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you for being a guest. I really enjoyed this session. Uh, I think just to recap, the biggest thing that I took from this is that you should believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. And even in the midst of what appears to be uh, unfortunate circumstances, yeah. there's still opportunity. Definitely. Yeah. I like that. Thank you, Shalane. And it was a pleasure. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.